You're listening to United Q Podcast. We're brought to you by ProQ, Kamado Joe, Thermopen, and Smokewood Shack. ProQ's extensive range of bullet smokers, reverse flow, and gravity-fed smokers will suit all, from the home enthusiast to the big volume caterer. Kamado Joe, the king of ceramics, is renowned for build quality and innovation. When smoking, roasting, or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Thermapen Instant Read Thermometers. Take the guesswork out of barbecuing with the super fast Thermapen. Smokewood Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness, you provide the talent. this week's episode we've got butcher farrell how are you doing how are we doing man i'm, I'm freezing i'm currently sat in my car cold so, <laughs> <laughs> the, the kitchen people in <laughs> it's a bit loud well it's good to have you on so uh even if you're in a car it's all good <laughs> yeah. uh, thanks for having us Farrell. no problem no we, we've uh, you yeah we've been we were saying just before we started recording that we've been trying to line this podcast up since about june i think yeah <laughs> I, i've been following you on instagram for a while and i was just like oh this guy he, he's got some awesome photos he's gonna have some great stories we need to get him on so, yeah, we, appreciate <laughs> so we reached out to you and then you were busy we were busy you moved we cancelled we <laughs> finally we get here but you're in a car so we, we, we're there we've we've made it so <laughs> Let's carry on. <laughs> we made it in there. Yeah. Okay. I think I moved twice, though. Yeah, you did. Uh, I'm here now. Anyway. <laughs> Starting to think you were making it up. <laughs> <laughs> right, so Butcher Farrell, can you just give us a little introduction about who you are and what your background is? My background's a funny one. Um my background's in audio. I'm an audio engineer. Um, I went to university to study. Oh, we could probably use you on this show, actually. Yeah, we need you uh, pretty much every week. <laughs> sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry. I've got my degree doing uh, music production and composition. And then I moved to Beijing and I was working for a computer game company over there. Moved to Shanghai with my missus and couldn't get into the audio game. But uh, I came across this... Um, they were looking for a butcher, and I've always been interested in um, in butchery. Always was like, yeah, yeah, I could do that. I could do that. 
But in, when I was back home in England, there's no way I could get into it. I found it was really hard. I went into a few shops when I was at uni to, to help on Saturdays, and they just laughed at me. And I applied for this job, and I've always done. Um, I've always worked as a, a chef to pay my way through uni, so I know how to cook. Uh, and then I applied for this job, and they basically they snapped me up. I was a, a Western fella. It was a Western style butchers, um, and they needed someone to front it because they had no no Westerner there. So they took me on. I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, I remember this one customer came in at the time and it was after short ribs. And I, to be honest, I was a bit like wet behind the ears and I, I didn't really know what short ribs were. This was about, what, maybe six years ago now, seven years ago. And um, yeah, and it, it just took me a while. And, and I was there, it was basically just a base. And then I started teaching myself and then getting better and better. And it's like, and then I just immersed myself in it. And it was, it, I've never felt as, is at home. I know that's a cliched way to say it, but I've never felt as at home than I do than, than when I'm behind a knife, which makes me sound like a nutter. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's just one of those. I found myself as like, yeah, this is this is the job. And then um, and then we ended up moving to home. And then it just it, it, it exploded. Like a couple of people took me on. Um, and then I, I went from just kind of novice to having to run a run my own which was which is crazy um and this shop was in one of the busiest parts of uh, um, hong kong where like people live all the westerners live amazing um, yeah it was crazy it was all of and then suddenly i was dealing with um with like high grade wagyu and things like that and then nice. another year later i started working for this awesome company called maximal concepts and um i was in charge of basically the meat for the entire company and um and that's where i was dealing with some just world-class meats. I was dealing with Rubia Gallega, um, Galician Blonde. For, uh, I was doing like 18-year-old ex-dairy cows and breaking those down. Wow. And then, um, yeah, and like uh, Korean beef, Hanwoo beef, um, A-grade Kobe beef. Oh, it's just amazing. Like, I got to deal with just phenomenal produce. Because Hong Kong, no agriculture, so it was all, all imported. Yeah, yeah. And any great place as well for I mean importing from from places like japan like you were saying and korea and stuff they're all in your sort of doorstep around there which is awesome yeah exactly it was like and it's yeah it's all fresh meat um and it was just so i, I was basically stationed in this plate in this steakhouse called blue it's like one of the best in hong kong and um and it was my job i was during the day i was kind of breaking down stuff and, and making it all ready for the restaurant selling it on the side in the in the shop and then, um, and then I also had to do. Um, I'd go up at night, and I'd be there with all the guests. I'd be like schmoozing, talking to them, explaining why things are this and this and that. And then, um, and yeah, just doing that basically. It was, it was sixteen-hour days, five and a half to six days a week, which was just brutal. Yeah. But um, it was awesome. I got to meet so many cool people, learn a hell of a lot. Um, but it was what gives me the edge is like. To be able to say that, you know, we used to have English ribeye, we used to have uh, Japanese, Korean, American, Australian, and we used to do these taste tests. And like, wow, it was amazing, you know. I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. But then, but then yes. So then we moved back about two years ago, um, and then now I'm living in my hometown where I vowed I'd never return to live. Um, and loving it absolutely loving it 
And are you still selling uh, stuff like your your Japanese beef and your Korean beef, or are you are you back to no? no one day, one day. Um, it's it's a different market here. Um, yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people are so much more. And um, so all my all of my customers now, they're the regulars. You know, they 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 like what they want. There's two different two different types. There's one type which they hate fat, anything with fat, and they'll be like, no, it's, I need it leaner, leaner. And then yeah. you get the other people who are like, who are educated and, and not saying the others aren't educated, but educated in meat and and, and flavorings, and and then they're the ones that are like, what can you get me? Can you get me this? And it, it reverses like what you, you guys are doing. You know, these these people are, are more into the the barbecuing game, the smoking game, and they're learning a lot. And a lot of the, the learning for instagram but they are they're asking me for things like that they're asking me can i get hold of i've heard heard of um, x dairy cows can you get hold of some for me i'm really interested although it's completely different it's give me another year or two and i'll and i'll be dealing with interesting i mean the meat i've got to report i'll be dealing with different meats as a, a variation you know yeah what I do find the whole thing pretty interesting how you how you got into butchering yourself, and I think that uh, it's it's similar to an industry, but also like another. It's sort of like a a craftsman renaissance sort of thing where uh, I'd say it's similar yeah. to chefs and and other and other crafts as well. And it's sort of like uh, these industries are coming back around again. Where I don't know that your butcher was a a uh, I don't know, well respected person in the community going back however many years and stuff like that. And I think that it's now becoming a desirable job again, or there's interest growing in it again, and there's there's a bit of flair added to it again and a bit of stuff like that. And it's it's, it's a really interesting thing to see to see it move in the direction it's moving in. And people like you starting to produce these uh, like even just down to like roasting joints, just beautiful roasting joints that are yeah. tied beautifully, trimmed beautifully, that look stunning and just taking a bit of pride with it all and stuff. And and, and, and yeah, I just think it's a really interesting thing to see. And uh, I could see, I mean, for me, we, we always, we've always for years and years and years been about butcher, support your local butcher. Mm. But I have for years been looking for a good butcher i mean i have to be honest i i go around my hometown for instance and try butchers out and we have so many butchers that are i would say i would almost call them like fake butchers where they're basically buying in what i would yeah. call like supermarket grade beef who aren't really that Box interested cutters. in doing what yeah yeah exactly yeah and and for me like i and I do, I completely get it. Cause sometimes, but I'm, I'm always like singing, like, uh, like go, go to your butchers, go to, go to butchers, and make friends with your butchers, etc. But and people are like, when I go to my butchers, they're, they're rubbish. They don't offer me any help. They don't do this. And I get it, and I know, and I know what they're doing. And I don't know where they are, but it's yeah. like a proper butcher, in, in, in my opinion, that cares about where they're getting their meat from, that cares about what they're doing, that has interest, that we can walk in and have a conversation with, and they're they're buzzing about it, or like you were saying that there's, there's a general interest in in what you're doing. It's but it's interesting you say that because that's the I've been now I've been working at my place almost 
it's two months now. Uh, next week will be two months, and that's the feedback I'm getting. I'm getting people that I hate the word, but foodies. I hate. I hate that 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 word. But um, I'm getting these people that are, that are food educated, and they're coming in. They're saying that they're like, "I'm really happy you're here. You're explaining what breed you is that you're dealing. Why you've cut it like that. Showing what you said, and also respect for the animal as well. Like, yeah, we use everything we possibly can, down to the the, the marrow bones. I make little roasting um, boats out of those. We use everything, and um, yeah, you know. I know what you mean, and I've got friends in, in different parts of the world, and, and they say the same. It's it's hard to find someone that, that shows a bit of um, a bit of uh, passion about it. But that being said, though, like you know, I woke up this morning, I had a message on, on my Instagram from um, a fella who's 33 years old, and he lives in and uh, and he was saying that he's just sent me a message out of the blue saying follow you and i'm really interested in getting into the into the game um i've no idea what to do and i get those quite a bit actually and um that's interesting you know because i think people that that change career people that have done this for, for you know since birth or whatever they, 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 they were born into butchery i think that's what i think it's also interesting the people who change careers who have a different and apply that, that creativity and the, the, the differing styles it, it's interesting way and, and there are people out there that do that and I've got some friends again on Instagram that, that got into butchery they were doing something completely different but yeah. fell in love with it and, and I think it's interesting to see how it goes but you always need you always need the old school people like the, the chap I was mentioning before he's, he's still I'm self taught so there's, a, there's certain bits that I'll be knowledge that I'll be lacking, and then he'll come along and he'll just be like, in the completely bluntest fashion, tell me what what I'm doing wrong, how rubbish I am, and this is the best way to do it, you know. And you've got to be humble, and you've got to sit and, and let the the old timers show you the, the, the right thing, and then come the Saturday, <laughs> Saturday when he's off, then I'll change it. Say again. Yeah, yeah, just just agreeing with you, and and on on what I said, I do have. Uh, well, not not where I am currently right now, but but back where I live, like I do have a, a handful of butchers which are amazing and are really into their their craft and really into and, and they're of, of, of varying ages, varying walks of life, born into it, not born into it, etc. And and I, that's who I use. But I just feel it's like a conversation that I don't know. It's not like people are scared of having, but everyone's like go to your butchers. But sometimes people's experiences of going there aren't, aren't as great as what we hope and i think it's about finding the right butcher trying out yeah. different butchers in your area going to different places don't just go to one and give up find find someone that works for you or whatever and just keep trying and because when you do find that right place you you understand what everyone's saying when they're saying find a local butcher we need yeah to, no exactly we need exactly. to make like a trip advisor for butchers don't we <laughs> i like the idea of that <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I think you do, though. It's, it's interesting. It is something that you do need to do. Or, or like, a, get, like, a, a list. Like a, but there probably is one, to be honest. It's, like, a, a, the best of butchers in your area or, like, the uh, some sort of seal of approval or something. And it's just interesting. It's just an interesting way of, of doing it. But yeah, I just think that it's uh, an interesting conversation, basically. You, you can kind of follow it, like, 
I always think a good butcher, you'll, you'll see by the display. Uh, my display, I, I love my display and I always get good feedback from it. I put loads of rosemary in, fresh rosemary. Um, so it's, it pops out at you. It's not like, um, I just take pride in it, you know. I take pride yeah. in it. And I think you can see that. The butcher's down the road from me, um, saying no names. But it's a good display, but it's a display for numbers and um, in quantity. Yeah. If you get what I mean, it's like they're they're just there because that's what they want. That's they want to do numbers. Whereas my it it shows a bit more creativity and it's it maybe it's a bit more time consuming, but like it it looks more again another word that I hate artisanal. Do you know what I mean? It it, it shows yeah yeah that but. I think you can see that, and there are plenty of butchers out there that you you look in the display, and it'll it'll be eye catching, and yeah. it'll be clean. Well, and, um, well, yeah. if, the, if the stuff looks as good as it looks on your Instagram page, and I'm sure you've got people queuing out the door for it. <laughs> <laughs> Not many people use Instagram around here. I need to. No. Uh, so you've, like you say, you've been at quite a few different places, and when we first linked up to speak, you were actually at Jimmy's Farm being a butcher there, weren't you? Yeah. So um, they're the, one of the reasons we moved back home. Um, one was my, uh, um, you know, my, my little boy who's one now. It's time for home, and then um, I, a friend, a mutual friend, put me and Jimmy in touch, and they were looking for a head butcher. So I, I joined those guys. Um, that was pretty cool it was on a farm so we had had our own cattle um primarily it was a um, a pig farm so we had some good interesting breeds of pig and it was a stressful time but it was a good time you know it was a good time well i think i lost you then sorry we're back now oh yeah there you go cool Good old phone signal in a car always makes a quality <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Apologies. Good job we got a sound engineer on though, because he can <laughs> sort it out. <laughs> you could actually make us a new jingle, couldn't you? We're after a new jingle for a podcast. Do you know what? I've got. Uh, I might have some stuff I'd like to send over to you. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. We want to do like a bit of a relaunch in the new year with new. New intros and some cool stuff. So, um, yeah, we might chat to you about that after the podcast. Maybe we'll get back to the butchery talk for now. But <laughs> have a little on-air production <laughs> meetings quite good. <laughs> well, I want to jump into sort of uh, your time in China, and I actually live in Malaysia currently. And I would say my general day-to-day meat intake is not of great quality, and I've actually found myself eating a lot more uh, vegetables and stuff here. I focus mm-hmm. on a lot more fruits and vegetables and stuff like that because the meat quality in general isn't great. But what I can get hold of uh, is, is fantastic imported beef. If I go to some of the uh, the more sort of uh, exclusive grocers around in the expat community, I can get fantastic imported beef from, say, uh, Japan, like you were talking about, or other places yeah. like that. Uh, which is changing my sort of, uh, I don't know, my outlook on on meat. I'm, I'm definitely not eating it as much over here as what I would back home. And something when I, I do move back home is, is looking forward to actually visiting my butcher and sourcing great meat on a regular basis. 
but uh, it's, it's, it's definitely interesting. And, and, and how was that like in, in China? Because I know that obviously their style of eating and what they choose to eat, etc., is very different to what we're used to. So in general, anyway. So, so, so how is that? Well, when I was in China, when I was in Beijing, um, when I was doing the audio engineering, I was too bothered about what I was putting in my body. Um, I was, what, 20, 24 years old. I was drinking every single night. And, um, it Living just, on noodles. <laughs> but it, it just, I just didn't care about like the yeah. where everything was from, you know. And um, so I was eating. I mean, the food there, some, the horror stories were really bad. You, you could be eating... Um, cat and dog rat probably all the time um, there's one thing called, called um, gutter oil I know it's not me but so basically they used to go around all the gutters with a giant ladle on a massive rod and they'd stick it into the the uh, gutters and pull up the um, congee and then they'd take that to a processing plant process it and then they'd sell it as brand new oil which wow. is like is that, tr- is that a true story or is that just one of those like sort of stories where they say no, the Chinese down the road cooking story. seagulls? <laughs> no, it's a true story, man. It was, it's, um, they, that blew up when I was in um, Basically, uh, it was like uh, even proper restaurants were buying this gutter oil. It's, it's brand new. Um, I, I saw him do it. I saw him do it. But that's what I mean. When I was young, I just couldn't, I couldn't care less. No. And, it tastes all right. Well, they put that much stuff on it. <laughs> yeah, probably back they to normal. Even uh, and then, um, and then, when I moved to Shanghai, I got with my missus, who's my, my wife now, and then we started to be a little bit more conscious about it. And the meat intake went completely. Yeah, it stopped eating that much meat. And then when I moved to, when I started getting into butchery and I learned more about it. We, to be honest with you, we couldn't afford at that point. We couldn't afford buying um, imported meat. So the yeah. same thing you. We just ate loads of vegetables. And and then when I got to Hong Kong, it was all imported anyway. But it's still yeah. premium. So again, I, I ate meat, and we ate some really nice meat and from around the world. But it was it wasn't on a on a, a massive intake. I would have maybe, no. you know, I'd have a steak every week or, or even a bit more you know long in between yeah, um, we're, the, we're the same now i mean it's on a day-to-day basis we don't really eat a massive amount of meat to be honest because we choose to rather on the flip side uh, if we are going to do something get something decent and and have something decent which as you said you do pay a premium but mm. what i'm actually getting for that is, is fantastic quality beef don't get me wrong uh i mean we can sort of get anything we really want in some of the, the, the decent grocers and decent butchers around but it's not something you have every day and it's not something you probably want to have every day either so it's it's, it's just interesting uh, a different way of uh, living <laughs> yeah no exactly um but it's also it's, it's kind of stuck with like me and my wife although i'm a butcher it's still and i and i love meat i still now try to keep that practice because I don't want to eat that much meat, not for health reasons, but also because I think it's important not to abuse what we have around here. It, you, yeah, you've got to be careful about the intake of meat. Obviously, there's a lot of um, global warming issues, and and there's there's loads of issues about it. And I try and just be a little bit more conscious about not eating that much. And and I guess that stems back from my China days as well, like uh, well my Hong Kong days anyway, because. You, 
the quality of meat and whatnot is quite slim unless it's imported. So yeah, I just you just you don't eat meat that much over there. Well, I didn't. I thought you were gonna say. Despite I, having I, all the I, of meat. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say you got to a level where you'd only eat wagyu. Basically true, but you could only afford it once a week. <laughs> well, so the thing is, is like you uh, you do cutouts and whatnot, and I'd finish work and I'd come home with this like grade A wagyu, and then we'd just slice it up and I'd cook it in a having to butt it about midnight on Friday after yeah. scoops. And it was just like I was just like there. And I also knew all the all the all the um importers for, for you know high grade produce like truffles. So quite often or not I'd be there just shaving some um, truffles onto just some eggs in the morning for a snack. And I used to uh, a friend of mine <laughs> Living the dream caviar oh, my friend of mine used to deal in caviar in Hong Kong and he used to use my fridge as a as a, a fridge for it. And quite often in art, I'd be like, oh, just wrapped myself to a tin. So again, I'd start, you know, come back and I'd have like one of those pearl spoons, just putting a caviar into my mouth. Oh, it's all coming out now. This is why you can afford a professional photographer to take all of his Instagram photos. <laughs> oh, mate, my life's changed now. Don't tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, something you, you said about right near the beginning was that you said you had like you almost put steaks to the test up against each other, almost like five different ones. Like, what were your results from that? Have you what's your personal favourite steak out of all of them? So, probably the best steak I ever had was the eighteen-year-old um, Ruby Galega, the uh, or a Glishy. Uh, it was incredible, incredible, cooked to perfection so rich in flavor but the thing is is like there's different things in the different categories i can't i can't say that's the best steak i've ever had in my life because it, i wouldn't have it two days straight on the on the trot do you see what i mean yeah it's so yeah. rich and powerful but if you had it the next day it, you'd just be like oh i'm getting bored of it and it's the same thing with wagyu like i like wagyu but i wouldn't have that every day and i wouldn't have a big slab of it but the one steak that i could eat um, I'm starting to look. I'm, I'm gonna have to look inside in a minute. I'm freezing. I'm starting to not be able to use my tongue. Um, <laughs> the one steak that I could have every day was is British dry aged British meat. It is incredible. Again, and I can't say it's the best steak in the world, the best steak I've ever had, but that's a steak that I could have day in day out and never get bored of it. Yeah, I saw Pitmaster X did a video of a couple of steaks against each other. And the ruby. Galicia is that is one of the ones that he put up against. I can't remember what the other one was, but that that's a really good video to check out. And I think the other one was might have been a Hereford or something like that. It's, Hereford's a really nice breed, really nice breed. Mm. It's it, Hereford. It's a nice big chunk. Uh, if we're gonna get to breeds, then I'd probably say one of the nicest ones I've had um, from England anyway. Was there's, there's two actually two that I remember. One was a British blue, um, and that was from a company called Direct Meats, from a, a fella who's on Instagram again called Kane the Butcher. He's absolutely, uh, he used to prep all the meat for me and send it to Hong Kong. Um, he'd select him. It was a British blue out of his world. And the other one was from Jimmy's Farm, and it was a Dexter. And that was, like, yeah, notably really, really tasty. 
Dexter's really small, and I find the meat really sweet, and especially older, like an OTM. OTM is over 30 months, because um, normally you've got to slaughter them before 30 months, so then you get the spine back, and that's your normal one. Um, whereas OTMs, Harder to come by. Most butchers won't do that. Um, it's all to do with like the BSE game and and, and my yeah. And um, but an OTM Dexter, smaller, sweeter, and a, a real depth to the meat. Oh, it's beautiful. Mm. Yeah, sounds good. We've done a lot of beef-related talk as well. And do you um, is beef? Would you say beef's your favourite meat then? <laughs> Goes in and out. To- be honest with you um where i'm at now is i'm doing a lot of lamb and a lot of beef not a lot of, um whereas at jimmy's farm it was a pig farm so i was doing a lot of pork yeah. um i actually did quite a lot of um sows and boars which is quite nice so i think the, the most one i had was um, it was a 12 year old i <laughs> used to make me laugh as well because i'd be like I, I had this it, it went to slaughter and it came back to me and it is i've got a few pictures on instagram it's phenomenal the fact i found it the meat was so dark oh it was amazing and um i was saving it for my regular and it got to be this joke because the regulars would come in and it was have you got a uh, have you got some of that 12 year old and it is just oh no some of the times people around parents were there and you're just like because it was a kind of park you know people would go with the family and some of the, the things and the way it sounded like people were asking me for this 12 year old and it just <laughs> sounded dodgy or I'd just be like, yeah, I'm just going to go and get the 12. <laughs> it's proper dodgy. But, um, yeah, yeah, so, that was, yeah that was one of my favorites. Pictures of knives with you in them and you talking about butchering your 12-year-old is not going to go down well, is it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Honestly, I had to explain myself to a few uh, few parents who were a little bit shocked. <laughs> I'm just going to go and put the 12-year-old downstairs, won't be second. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but that was, that was phenomenal. That Couldn't was eat a whole one. Yeah. <laughs> staying on the staying on like the the talk about uh, butchering children. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, about the, the different types of beef and just talking about that is 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 uh, I think it's going to be I think Marcus is putting in the, in the barbecue mag this coming one my my right up from Japan and uh, the wagyu beef and it is it's something I discuss in there is like the. <sighs> So Matsusaku Matsusaka beef is yeah. when I first arrived in Osaka I went somewhere and basically had some Matsusaka beef it was absolutely incredible I've never it was like a for me it was a, a one of I don't know a couple of handfuls of foodie experiences in in that stand out to me the moment for me I had a, I had like yeah. a food moment and uh, it moment. was incredible yeah, it it was it was incredible, and I have to say it was. But it's it's like you were saying, and I and I go through the the whole of the article talking about uh, sort of Japanese beef and uh, and our tour that we went all over Japan and and just different bits and pieces that I had along the way and and stuff like that and and then and coming full circle at the end of the article, I do discuss that basically that how I wouldn't you you don't have that every day or you want it every day it's not like your everyday steak or something it's, it's yeah. like a special occasion or again that people don't think about it in this sort of way but in japan how they eat it in in such sort of small slices you get like literally uh uh like 50 100 grams 50 grams of, of thinly cut 
beef to to enjoy. Yeah, exactly. And it's not. It's, it's an not like your yeah, yeah. And and as you're saying, like there's different. There's a place for different stuff. And it, also, when when Ben was then saying like, "What's your favorite? Is is beef your favorite uh, meat?" It's, it's also sort of like again, there's there's something different for for every like every occasion you go through. You want this, you want that, but it, it just completely depends, doesn't it? I, I, yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I really miss, uh, it's strange, I, I really miss pork living living in Malaysia. Malaysia is not a, uh, a Muslim country as such. It's, it's, a, it's a, I would say it's, it's a Muslim majority country and, and a, lot, a lot of places are, are mm-hmm. out. It's hard to source pork here and in particular yeah. good pork. And I really miss good quality pork that's something i really really do miss and it's something i look forward to uh to enjoying when i when i get home do you know even <laughs> in hong kong like um good quality pork you can get iberico pork quite well quite easily but english pork wasn't massive over there yeah and, um, i know exactly what you mean to to be able to just throw on a big pork chop yeah on a tuesday night it, it's just incredible to be able to do that here and over there that's all i miss a nice pork chop, a nice roast. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean, man. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, I'm going to bring us to a stop there because I think you're probably freezing to death in your car. <laughs> <laughs> we'll um, yeah. we'll we'll get you back on again. We'll catch up with you again on another podcast in the not too distant future, and we'll see how you're getting on. You get all your stuff sorted out and and get you somewhere sat nice and warm where we can. <laughs> Relax and chill out a bit more. <laughs> to be honest, so, I'm losing my bottom lip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so th- thanks, mate, for coming on. It's been awesome to get to chat to you, and we will look forward to chatting to you again sometime. Likewise, appreciate it, fellas. Really big time. Happy Thank day. you very much. Merry no Christmas. Merry Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Bye. You're listening to United Q Podcast. We're brought to you by Pro-Q, Kamado Joe, Thermopen and Smokewood Shack. Pro-Q's extensive range of bullet smokers, reverse flow and gravity-fed smokers will suit all, from the home enthusiast to the big volume caterer. Kamado Joe, the king of ceramics, is renowned for build quality and innovation. From smoking, roasting, or searing, get that great barbecue taste and keep the moisture locked in. Thermopen Instant Read Thermometers. Take the guesswork out of barbecuing with the super fast Thermopen. Smokewood Shack delivers quality smoking wood every time. They provide the smoky goodness, you provide the talent. 